Hi, I'm Dan. Hi, I'm Jenny. And this is Rookie Movie Reviews. And today we have a very special Valentine's Day episode for all you listeners out there. Something romantic and nice. Old Boy from 2003. South Korean movie. Classic love story. Yes, it is wonderful. Uh, Good jokes, because this is one of the most horrible stomach-churning movies you will ever watch. I'm kind of glad that we're looking at something like this right after Amelie, because Amelie is just super sweet, nice, uh, friendly movie, and this is gritty, gross, uh, yucky. Not not in a horrible way. Like, it is not, not without uh, praise to be given, but a different vibe. Yeah. Who's our guest star today, Dan? Uh, it will be our pet rat, <laughs> aka our cat Cabbage, Ooh. who is a, a demon of an animal. And he has become very curious about what his parents are doing. Cabbage, what do you want to say to the world? He rubbed his tail on the mic, I think. That's his wisdom. (laughs) And now he's attacking the blinds. Thank you, Cabbage. Wonderful contributions. We appreciate everything you bring to this podcast and this house. The rat community. Off he goes. Maybe if you give him a little push. (laughs) Not cutting this out. Alright, so old boy. This movie begins with a man in the drunk tank. And he's speaking Korean because this movie is set in Korea. Yes, South Korea to be precise. It's his daughter's birthday. I'm just obsessed with this rat. And he has gotten arrested for public drunkenness. He's just sitting there screaming. His friend comes to pick him up. And when his friend comes to pick him up, he makes a call to his wife, who is understandably pissed, to call and say happy birthday to the daughter. And he disappears into thin air. He is kidnapped while his friend is on the phone with his wife during a rainstorm. And never to be seen again for now. I don't think you can say never to be seen again. For now. When we know we're going to see him again. In the next scene, even. (laughs) Yeah. This movie's about Desu. Never to be this scene again. Uh Uh-huh. Because by the time the scene ends... It's going to be the next scene. Mm-hmm. I get it. Thank you. So in the next scene, Daesu is imprisoned and he doesn't know why. And he gets... I wonder if that was on the mic. He's finally got something to say. Is he attacking Pugsley? No, Pugsley's in a room. Okay. Well, we sleep separate because we're not <laughs> married yet. That's true. <laughs> Anyway, he gets, he does get, you know, three hots and a cat. The apartment's actually not that bad. Yeah. It's a very dingy, picture a dingy hotel room is where our main character is. And he watches TV all the time until he realizes he actually does want to escape. Then he starts shadow boxing and he watches Princess Diana's funeral coverage, which is also an Amelie. (laughs) Fun little tie-in between these movies. Mm -hmm. That showcases they're in the same universe, or at least a multiverse where both Princess Diana's die. While Amelie was out cycling around Paris getting into romantic hijinks, 
Odesu was wasting away in a hotel room, punching the wall and screaming. <laughs> I will say I'm a really big fan of this sequence just because this is a, a tense thriller movie and this particular sequence is really well put together in terms of acting and set design. Like, I, it did not make me feel good, but I think it is a big positive for the movie at how not good it made me feel. Because the set design is gross and the the passage of time is really well communicated. For the hotel sequence, at least. And the rest of the movie, but it just comes to bear. It's a very here. dirty... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's grunge. It's rainy. <laughs> Dirtiest movie. <laughs> filthy plot, filthy people. Mm-hmm. Su has begun his... Uh, escape attempt and he's whittling away at the wall behind his cot with a chopstick and it's gonna be a month before he escapes and then he gets knocked out with gas and he wakes up on the street the very next day or not the street he wakes up on top of a building and accompanying him is a man holding a dog who's waiting at the edge and he wants to die and Daesu approaches him and gets really close because it's been the first person he's seen that isn't a guard in 15 years and the man starts to tell him his troubles and asks, shouldn't even a beast deserve to live? Or something to that effect. Again, a really solid point of him playing the type of person that would come out of 15 years of confinement. Um, I think that one of the best parts of this movie is the main character's acting and the vibe he gives off throughout the movie. Really well done. Suicide dude is super boring, so Daesu leaves, and as we... <laughs> Follow him on the sidewalk. We see the man kill himself. Fun movie. Fun, Fun just a romp. He practices his uh, shadow boxing technique on a bunch of young thugs, and he kicks their asses. So it turns out if you punch a wall for about a decade, you too can fight a bunch of real moving men. Yes. After he gets in a fight and beats up some uh, criminals in an alleyway, he goes to a sushi restaurant where this homeless man hands him a wallet full of tons of money and a cell phone. Odesu then goes into the sushi restaurant and orders something alive. He wants to eat something that's living. And the sushi chef is a woman named Midu, who gives him a living octopus. Dan, what is the fun fact you told me about this actor in that octopus? Yeah, even the fun facts for this movie are not fun at all <laughs> because uh, the actor actually eats a living octopus and he had to do multiple takes of eating a live octopus. And if I have my facts correct, he is a vegetarian or a vegan. And to do this scene, he basically prayed in between each time asking for forgiveness for breaking the tenets of his veganism to eat a living animal. So, uh, it's a very disgusting scene, too. He basically eats the head of an octopus in one bite, and the coils are all around his face. And... Tentacles? Yes, that's what I was looking for. Tentacles are sticking to his face. It's really gross, but, you know, the movie wants you to feel grossed out, and it is very, very successful in that endeavor. Mm-hmm. So. After this, he gets a call from his captor saying, basically tormenting him. I don't remember the exact lines. And then he passes out. And when he wakes up, he is in Midu's apartment. Because 
that's what would happen. We find in out. a rom com, especially yeah. <laughs> while you were sleeping. Yeah, horrible movie. <laughs> Uh, we do find out why later, but we'll get there in the plot, I guess. Yeah, we but... we find out the real why. Mm-hmm. Mito is compelled and interested by him and doesn't really know why, but she, she'll be ready eventually. So after he's at her apartment, they're on the hunt for his daughter, and he finds out that his daughter was likely adopted. Yeah, but... Or actually adopted. Not likely adopted. <clears throat> you and I. The dramatic irony of having seen this movie three times prior. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can slip in the word likely. <laughs> but we know the truth. They go on a giant uh, tasting throughout South Korea. I don't know what city it takes place in. But they hit up a ton of restaurants to find out who gave him the fried dumplings. The only cities I know in Korea are Seoul. Sounds like Seoul. That's yeah. the only one I know. That's the only one I could name uh, for how worldly how worldly I am about South Korea. I know that there's Seoul in it. It never explicitly says it takes place in Korea. It's just South Korean made. Setting really doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a it's a could city. take place in New York. Could be starring Josh Brolin. Yeah. Uh, oh, let's talk about that real briefly. Let's just do a little introduction. Have you ever seen the remake? No, you told me it's so bad. I didn't want to. It is bad. It's very bad. Uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos out there comparing these movies. So if you're curious, how bad? Just watch any of those. It's really bad. Um, it's kind of weird because I can't think of any other movies that Amanda Seyfried is in. Uh, Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Do you like Mamma Mia? I love Mamma Mia. Yeah, and Josh Brolin is in No Country for Old Men. and uh, He also plays Thanos. Yes, he does. So he's in good movies. I like Josh Brolin. I like Amanda Seyfried. But when they get together on screen... Romantically, they don't click. No. <laughs> you know, I'd almost call their relationship more paternal. <laughs> Horrible. Um, anyway, they... Uh, Odesu and Midu go around South Korea. You know, funny thing about them, too. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't click, very, does it? A little bit father-daughter feel. That is a good read on their relationship. That's so strange. How Very strange. Hmm. <laughs> they go around eating tons of dumplings. You know what? What? Chicken if it butt. takes being in prison for 15 years to get a day of eating fried dumplings... I'd do it. <laughs> it's good to know. The barrier of entry on that doesn't have to be as high and dramatic. But if you want to know how to give me a perfect day, <laughs> fried dumplings. Not a bad idea. It's actually a legitimately good idea. Just different dumplings? Like, let's Probably try... from like three places? Yeah. Not... 50. Depending upon how many. But which leads into a point that I really like about this particular sequence. There's a lot of stuff through the acting and all that, but this is one of the most tangible things that shows how driven Odesu is. He's going around to every restaurant named Blue Dragon uh, that they can find. I thought it was really smart that they wrote down the locations. Because thinking about me, I'd get 10 restaurants in and also be like, wait... Have we been here before? This is embarrassing. Are dumplings any good? I don't remember. But it, I think it's just a clever moment of tying in the the imprisonment because that's something that 
I didn't think of until seeing this point in the movie, like, oh, he eats the same shit every single day. He absolutely knows what it is. And then they have the sequence going restaurant to restaurant to find who delivers the food. And it's it's so important to him. Like, there's scenes where he's puking in an alley because he needs to get to the next one to eat more. And if he's driving himself to the point of vomiting, it's just like, this guy is so driven and so dedicated. Like, it's obsessive. And it has to be, but... Do you think he was eating to the point of puking by having one dumpling at each restaurant? Or do you think he probably finished the order? <laughs> In my head, I kind of pictured him probably doing one per restaurant and then perhaps maybe a second if it was close. I don't if, think he finished there has to There has to be driving time in between each of these. And if I... It's it's a gyoza, you know? It's a Chinese-style yeah. dumpling. So gyoza, I think, is the Japanese. I, yeah, yeah, whatever. It looks like a gyoza that you'd get in a... It's a little fried treat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a treat. And Blue Dragon, how many, how many blocks do you have to walk... In Korea, to get between Blue Dragon to Blue Dragon. They're not back-to-back. How are you stuffing yourself to the point of being sick? Cabbage is interrupting your bed. So I'm going to pause this real quick. <laughs> and then once you... We'll come back. <laughs> tuck it out. Okay, so Cabbage has ceased attacking his ball toy. So we can continue talking about the, the dumplings. Um... We were talking, would you finish the whole order? Mm-hmm. And you were making the claim that there's not that many blue dragons and there's walking time. Right. Are we going to cut out that ball steering? No. Okay. I don't just want to, to. Just to recap for us. Yeah. Um, Audience is like, this is old information. Yeah. Like, I just heard this 20 seconds ago. <laughs> uh, but I will say that they are in one city, and I know yeah. cities can be quite big. How many? Okay. So. There were at least. He had an address book. There were at least eight to ten. In, minimum. In Madison. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. He might be done. <laughs> Just gonna move that. No, he's not done. <laughs> All right. So, in Madison, there are what? To continue the point, there are two Changjangs. And if I got an order of egg rolls from each... And I had one egg roll from each place. I'm not getting sick. It's Im- it's improbable to think there are enough blue dragons in the city to get so many dumplings you could get sick. Just Madison's a smaller city, but statistically. That's fair. Okay. Uh, the fact of the matter is that there are enough blue dragons to make him sick in the movie. So. Right. <laughs> Alternate universe. He eventually finds the right one, and after eating dumplings all day, he sprints after a delivery boy on a scooter and follows him to the prison. Uh, that... Oh, boy. Why is he doing this? Um, so he follows him to the prison, and he finds uh, the location, and he walks in there and interrogates the owner of the prison to try and get some information about why he was imprisoned in the first place. This is a horrific scene. Oh, God. Because he yanks the prison owner's... What's the prison owner's name? I forget the prison owner's name. Mr. Mr. Park. Park. Oh, right. We watched a, we watched a YouTube video. So, uh... To recap for to us. recap. And they were using a voice... Uh, a text-to-speech translator that put a pause after a period. And they put Mr. Period Park. 
So every time it said Mr. Park, it would be Mr. Park. <laughs> and it got old because Mr. Park comes up a lot in this movie. Mr. Park gets his teeth yanked out with the claw of a hammer. And you see it. Yummy. It is horrific. And you taught me this because I have to cover my ears during scenes like this. But the violin music playing during this excruciating torture scene is the same as the intro to Chef's Table. Yeah, the great docuseries. Yeah. So picture a man getting his teeth yanked out set to the intro of Chef's Table. And that is this scene. So, I forget what info he finds out, but it's basically... Oh, he finds out it's a private prison and he was jailed for talking too much. Does he get the guy's name? Yeah, he gets his name, and then on his way out is the best fight scene in all of fight scenes. Oh yeah, it's great. We can't do it justice talking about it, but there's a long hallway, and Desu fights about 15 guys, and it's just really good, it's good choreography, Mm -hmm. and the framing of the scene. It's just... If you're not going to watch this movie, watch Old Boy Hallway Fight. Yeah, it's it's iconic, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan, particularly, because this fight scene shows the impact on the main character. And it's the same reason I like, for example, Daredevil Season 1. You know, in the action seasons there, or scenes there, you get to see the character get beat, he gets exhausted... It's tired, and it's not just some superhero that's supposed to be a person beating up a bunch of nameless enemies. It's really visceral, and it's a great fight scene. After Odesu escapes, after that fight scene, he returns to Midu's apartment and has reason to not trust her, so he ties her up and basically tells her that he does not trust her. He gets a call from his captor, which draws him across the street to kind of talk with him, uh, a man named Li Wu Jin. And Li Wu Jin says, oh, you have five days to figure out why I did this to you. Sure, you know my name, but do you know why? The tying up part doesn't happen yet. Uh, it happens when he's talking with Li Wu Jin when Li Wu Jin has the pacemaker, so maybe something else happens first. Because the entire point of him being across the street is because Li Wu Jin says, you've left your apartment open for a while. Oh, you know what? Yep. You're right. So across, I'm sorry. Oh, don't worry about it. So he's across the street and Lee Jin's like, this is my pacemaker. I had the doctor put it in for 100k so I could kill myself whenever I wanted. And basically gives him the challenge of finding out why he was imprisoned for 15 years. And then he says, oh, you should hurry back across because me do is tied up and unsafe. Goes back across and the hotel manager who he just um, detoothed has silver teeth and... Uh, basically threatens to get revenge. But Li Wujin, being super wealthy, calls them off, and they leave the two of them, Odesu and Midu, alone. The two of those people then flee and go to a hotel where they have sex. They uh, get intimate. Shortly after they have sex, uh, things start to kind of wrap up as far as the movie is concerned the climax comes around climax comes quickly uh, after <laughs> theirs uh, gross. 
Um, they boned, and they both liked it. They did. They. It was loud. It's very graphic sex scene. Yeah. Um, we see her breasts. And butt. And butt. So, we don't see anything at Daisu. That's what's, that's what's wrong with modern media. Not enough dick. Not enough balls. Let's see some dick. Let's see some... And man-ass. Yeah, man-ass. His friend, uh, Juan, the guy who was there when he was kidnapped, owns a PC cafe. And they kind of connected earlier on in the movie. But this guy learns about the connection. Like, hey, this guy had a sister. Yep. And he calls her uh, demeaning names and basically makes fun of her while the main villain has been tailing him. And he kills him in his PC cafe and says to Odesu over the phone, Aha, your friend is dead. Deal with it. Right. Uh, Desu had bugs on him. That's how Lee Wu... Uh, Lee Wu Jin. Lee Wu Jin knew where he was at all times. Mm-hmm. And they find out that they went to high school together. They were the evergreen old boys. Uh, Even the though Daesu and Wu Jin looked like they got about 20 years between them. Not evenly matched. And you pointed out to me, this might be because Daesu has spent the last 15 years eating fried dumplings. Yeah. And Li Wu Jin... It, we haven't said this, but he is the richest man on the planet. Can I just... There's no way Daesu got any sun exposure. So shouldn't he have a leg up on not having damaged skin cells? Do you think the effect of fried dumpling is so gratuitous that he looks that old? They do establish during the hospital sequence that the gas that is used to knock him out is like war crime gas. I forget the exact terms, but he's like, I learned that this was the gas used not during the Holocaust, but... Um, not Zion gas. Not Zion gas, but it was like horrific. So he was being gassed daily to knock him out, or at least weekly uh, to, to knock him out. So fried dumplings as an exclusive diet plus, um, you know, being gassed. Every now and then for 15 years. Probably had a, a toll. I have my fair share of gassing. You know this. I love whippets. Yeah. I'm still looking 20s, I think. I got carded the other day. Yeah, you look, you look fantastic. It's probably all the CeraVe I use. <laughs> Hyaluronic acid, let me tell you, boys and girls. I have 20% lotions. I wish. <laughs> Be so creamy. It's so dry in here. Mm-hmm. I shock myself. <laughs> Not, you know, Why do I keep it this dry? <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> All right. My bit went nowhere. That was a good bit. That was a good bit. Okay. Thank you for the bit approval. Mm-hmm. So after... He kills his friend. Um, he I'm being sorry. Li Wujin. Li Wujin kills Ju Hyun. And then we get the revelation. The, f- the flashback sequence. Yeah. Do you... Well, I interrupted you to talk about a dumb bit. Do you oh, want to give the dramatic reveal of the movie? 
basically we get a sequence of uh, Odesu as a high school student and he follows Li Wujin and witnesses him and his sister in an incestuous relationship. So some Game of Thrones shit. And he tells his friend, Ju Huan, who was recently stabbed to death with a CD broken in half. And Ju Huan spreads a rumor and it eventually leads to Li Wu Jin, again the antagonist who is imprisoning Ode Su and everything. Uh, the, 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 the secretive figure, I, I don't know if it's possible to say who's the antagonist, protagonist, because everyone's pretty evil in this movie. Except me, do, who is oh that poor girl. Yeah. Um. So. The the main antagonist, just for the purpose of clarity, uh, Li Wujin's sister kills herself, and Li Wujin is grief stricken and vows revenge upon Odesu for causing this. So that is why he was in prison for fifteen years with no information, because Li Wujin. Blames him for his sister's suicide. And we get we get no context for why he's so stupid rich. Yeah, no. He just did it <laughs> independently. He had to become. So, no way to tell ages here, for certain, because Gas Man. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the movie, I'd argue he looks late 20s. Yeah. So he's like 40? I would wager that these people are in their late 30s to early 40s. Okay. I mean, good for him. Yeah, he lives in a penthouse. Just Batman rich. <laughs> yeah, truly. Richer than God is Lee Woo Jin. Richer than Jeff Bezos? Probably not. Okay. Oh my god. Do you think <laughs> Jeff Bezos has a man trapped in a hotel room somewhere? Feeding him fried dumplings every day and gassing him to sleep? Yeah, he watched all boy and was like, that's a great idea. I've got some enemies. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make a few enemies to get that rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because you have to network a lot. You have to know a lot of people. Not everyone's going to like you in life. They are the enemies. <laughs> <laughs> so you put them in a box. And you put that box inside another box. <laughs> you don't mesh with me. How dare you. You want to bring us home plot-wise here? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Wu Jin cuts off Mr. Park's hands. And then credits roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really okay. bizarre ending. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, for real. Wu Jin does cut off Mr. Park's hands, and then Mr. Park decide to join forces with Su. And Su leaves Mido with Mr. Park because he thinks they're buds now, and he sets out to tell Wu Jin, hey, stop it. I don't want this anymore. I'm gonna kill you. That's been plan one since I got out. My revenge time now, baby. Mm-hmm. So at Wu Jin's penthouse, because he is richer than God, uh, Wu Jin has set up an elaborate box prank. A <laughs> 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 uh, box prank um, being a very lar- light-hearted way to phrase this. Mm-hmm. Inside the box is a nice little scrapbook capturing the memories of a little girl. 
and this little girl puts on the wings seen in the beginning of the movie to showcase that she has a connection to those wings. Who was wearing those wings in the beginning of the movie? My God, it was Desu. And we see this girl growing older, upper, filling out. <laughs> Desu's like, yeah, she's getting hot. This is great. Oh, God. <laughs> and he loves it. He's there for it the whole time. He's from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I make that Alabama joke because he realizes me do, me do has been his daughter the entire time. Even while they were having sex. Mm-hmm. He had sex with his daughter. Yes. Consensually. Very fucking gross reveal. So that explains why they didn't really connect. Yeah. Didn't click. And this was put together by an elaborate tapestry of hypnosis. Yeah. Definitely one of the weaker parts of the movie. Most of how things got put into motion. It's like, oh, I hypnotized you. And then we hypnotized her so that when you were hypnotized, you would say a key phrase which triggered her hypnosis, which caused her to do this. And then since you were both hypnotized, you went here. And that's, like, how everything started. Yeah. And he doesn't explain why he hypnotized Daisu to eat a whole octopus. Yeah. That was just That was just Daisu. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Bad joke. So, it was hypnosis to guide them to meet so that they would fall in love and also experience incest. The way Ujin and his sister did. Then he reveals Mr. Park is still working for him. And Mr. Park will tell Mido, Mido, the same box secret. Because she has an identical box in the apartment. Desu apologizes because he does not want Mido to know. Mm-hmm. And he barks like a dog. He begs and begs him to stop. And then he cuts off his own damn tongue. Because Wu Jin is not buying the bargain. Yeah. So after he after he cuts off his tongue, Midu doesn't get told. She doesn't open her box. She doesn't get the gift. Kind of rude. <laughs> yeah. Um, thankfully, like she has, she has spared the nightmare realization. Li Wu Jin decides it's enough enough uh, trauma or whatever that he's put Odesu through to be oh. even. If he was evil enough, I would have... I, if this is my story, I'm telling both of them. Yeah. Might as well fucking twist the knife. You already went that far. Yeah. It's... I mean... Tell both of them, you know? Yeah. That's the real... That would be the real disgusting twist. Yeah. Well, it is disgusting enough. (laughs) It's very disgusting for one party to know Mm -hmm. and have the other one. Maybe it's because she's unaware and wants to continue the relationship. But what's real fucked up is... So he plays back the audio recording of them having sex and Daisu collapses... And Wu Jin, so I'm chuckling because it's just so fucked up. But then Wu Jin leaves and he shoots himself. Yeah, and one detail that was so 
like, oh, fuck, is because earlier in the movie we were saying how Lee Woo-jin said he paid the surgeon to give him a button for his pacemaker. And he gives Odesu this device, or Odesu gets it in the scuffle and thinks, aha, now I'm going to kill him. And he hits the button, and that button is actually just pressing play on the sex tape of him and his daughter. So he thinks, ah, you have a pacemaker, I'm going to kill you. And he just increases his own torment a hundredfold. And when that first happened, first time I've seen this movie, it's like, oh shit, that is horrific. And it just is the final driving force, uh, nail in the coffin type thing of the the revenge of Lee Woo-jin is 100% complete. And I guess that's kind of an uh, interesting take on the revenge movie. Because you think, oh, revenge movie. Our main character was wronged. They're getting back at those who wronged them. And this one is, main character's wrong. He's getting back, but... Like, the villain of the movie is getting back, and it's just so effective at saying, like, hey guys, maybe revenge isn't all it's cracked up to be. Because I'm trying to think of movies, I can't think of any other examples for revenge movies, you know? But I don't think it's controversial to say that they take the tack of main character goes to get revenge, and they realize that they've forfeited what makes them... Um, who they are, you know, in the process. As a like basic... the Count of Monte Cristo, yeah. which is referenced in this movie. Yeah, that's a great that call is, out. Yeah. yeah, that's the screen name. We don't really talk about this, but Wu Jin has been in contact with Mido, and that's why she is not trusted by yeah. Desu. And he has the screen name of Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, so basically that... Little, little, little on the nose. Little literary reference. Um, but that book, if I recall, is basically Count of Monte Cristo being the alias of this man who's imprisoned, and he pursued, yeah, he pursued, uh, revenge to the point that he lost his humanity, and that's how revenge stories typically go. Main character's like, oh no, it's, oh, it's a horrible bitter dish, I shouldn't have pursued it. But this one takes that tack and then just multiplies it. By many times because everyone is in it to ruin the life of the other. And Odesu realizes, ah, this is horrific. Uh, Odesu gets a horrific fate. And then we see Lee Woo Jin commit suicide in the elevator as he recounts his sister's suicide. So he also uh, faced a horrific fate. And like everybody is completely screwed at the end. It It's... 100% dour. Well. Well, what? We're not quite at the end yet, which <laughs> is still dour. Yeah. <laughs> it still says sad. <laughs> we just got one more scene. Yes. Take us home. This final scene shows Ode Sue in a forest in the winter, and he has contacted the hypnotist that was used by Lee Woo Jin to spark this whole thing off. And he wants his memories wiped. And the hypnotist tells him that the Odesu who has the knowledge will walk away and disappear. And the one who remains, the physical Odesu, will have no knowledge of the events and not know who Midu is. Now, the end of the movie shows Midu show up in this forest 
and they embrace and she was worried about him and he laughs and eventually turns to like this horrified expression which I think is pretty open and shut saying it did not work hypnotism did not work he still has knowledge of what he did um, but it is left kind of vague I don't think it's all that vague though I think it's grosser that he tried to hire a hypnotist than if he had just left. Yeah. Yeah. Yuckers. That's a leg up that the ending of the other movie has. uh, The American movie. Oh. Because in the American movie, he pays uh, the prison runner to imprison him for the rest of his life. And it's kind of like, it's the right idea, but the wrong story beat. It should be like a self-imposed exile type thing, but not to the character of the prison runner. It should be something else. He should leave Midu's life rather than what Odesu does, which is remain in her life, hopefully willfully ignorant, which is gross. Honey, let's let's stop having sex. Let's get back to being friends. <laughs> Look, I got you these angel wings. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and the skin crawl, yeah. just like, hello, daughter. <laughs> You know how we fucked? We didn't do that. That was a nightmare you had. (laughs) So, as we said at the beginning, disgusting premise, disgusting movie. Uh, But it's trying to be, so you can't fault it for that, you know? Yeah. I think, I feel like it, I'm going to steal your question from last week, which was a great question. Okay. Why is this in the top 100? Why do you think it is put up there? I think it is in there because the story is so unique and so well executed. And I think I don't connect with Odesu. Hmm. I do still empathize. I feel like this is a great tale of human will and the need to go on. But I would have yeeted off this universe the fucking second I heard that recording. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm running to that elevator. Li Wu Jin has that gun. Me too. Yeah. That I agree 100%. The ending is complicated. Like, I, I also am empathetic for what I see, but the ending is just so not what anybody should ever do in this fictional scenario that it's kind of like Odesu what the fuck is your problem yeah. why'd you do that like Mido, Mido doesn't know Yeah. let her not know learn learn another language go to that country fuck a different 20 year old Yeah. best if case scenario Mido thinks her old boyfriend left her she yeah <laughs> but Odesu is like nah I'm gonna stay in her life I'm her dad <laughs> <laughs> I had to stick around. Her mom was killed. Yeah. And that's like the this drive for revenge is spurred, uh, spurned on, spurred on by Odesu seeing on the TV while in prison that his wife and daughter were killed and he was framed as the... Just wife. Well, the, the new... Oh, right. You're right. Wife, wife was killed. He was framed as a prime suspect and it was a very grisly murder. So kind of saying like, oh, look, he's, he's evil... So, yeah, I, I mean, the story is so unique and so fucking gutsy. It's also part of a, tr- not a true trilogy, but um, 
Lady Vengeance and another one are all part of the same storybook. Oh, like the Cornetto trilogy from Edgar Wright? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've... It's, um... Yeah, Lady Vengeance, Old Boy, and then some other thing. But it's all about revenge and the concept of revenge. Whereas the Cornetto trilogy is like... They all eat Cornettos in three movies. And that is what connects them. But if you're not familiar, Cornetto trilogy is Shaun of the Dead. This is the end. or the, at, at World's End. At World's End and uh, Hot Fuzz. This is the end is the one with Seth Rogen and... Jay Barenthal. Thank you. Yeah. And... Jay Barenthal is for sure in it. But, um... Danny McBride? Danny McBride's in it. The one Seth Rogen is always buddies with. Oh, uh, James Franco. James Franco. Great, great movie. Yeah, very ridiculous. I think I... So I do like a nice, gritty movie. This is the third time I've watched it. I'm glad this is my last time watching it. Yeah. Um... Do you want to rate on three? Should we well, should we rate it, or do you have some more thoughts to expand on? Taking a pregnant pause, not because I am, <laughs> just because I'm trying to think of the words. I think this movie has critical acclaim because it. It's an action movie and a revenge story, obviously. And the character motives are so... I think the mystery behind it is so compelling. Why was this man... Why was this man kept in a room for 15 years? What did he do? And he's he's burning with the question. We're burning with the question. And... The dramatic twist at the end... The both of the twists are gut wrenching, hmm. just unexpected, completely unexpected. Even though the age differences are obvious, I think a thing that throws me off more than it should <laughs> is that Mido, Midu, fucking Midu, not Mido. English has turned my tongue against foreign language. Me, me do. Uh-huh. And Wu Jin look like they're the same age. Yeah. And that throws me off too much. I think... Maybe this is disgustingly shallow, but if Daesu had been played by an attractive man, like he is in the Americanized version, it would have felt gross in a different way. Because I feel like in modern media... And celebrity life in general. Like, for example, Leonardo DiCaprio is 50, and I think every woman he's dated has been under 25. So You're that's. You're thinking of Tom Cruise. He breaks up with. He splits up with his wives at the same age, and then starts dating a, a younger woman as soon as they hit, like, late 20s. Leonardo's current. Girlfriend is Camilla Moraine, and she's 23. 
So, even... Many people in Hollywood. Yep. So, uh, there there's going to be movies where, where Brad Pitt, he's well into his 50s now, and even in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he has a little blip of a relationship with a girl who might not be 18 yet. So the way, the way relationships like that aren't so looked down upon in, in some circles, though they are still yuckers, I, I think it's good that they made him older. I think if we had been rooting for the romance and we had been betrayed, it would have been like, ooh, why? So that's, that's something else that could have been. It's still, ooh, why? But if we had been rooting for it, instead of it coming out of the blue, mm-hmm. which it kind of... So she even says in the beginning, like, oh, no, I'll I'll sleep with you. I brought you back here because I thought you were... I mean, she was hypnotized to think he's awesome. But she still had her own personal values. I don't know. It could have been more depraved. <laughs> <laughs> is, I guess, what I'm getting at here. But... After all that rambling, I don't know what my point is. Let's rate this bad boy. Um, three, one, two, three, eight. eight. Yeah, I feel like eight is such a safe number. Yeah. But this this movie is really well written and really well acted, and the twist is entirely unexpected, and it is really risky as a plot, and it's it, it's uh, it's good, and it conveys its emotions well. What. What you're feeling while watching it, you're supposed to feel. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I feel good about Nate. And the reason I'm not going 9 or 10 is because there are elements that haven't aged well, basically. You know what's a perfect movie? Parasite. Parasite is 10 out of 10. We'll have to rewatch it. Man. What was the other one we gave 10? No, we gave it a 9 into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, but we have discussed about how Into the Spider-Verse is a 10 out of 10. That movie fucking rules. And, yeah. Um, we also just recently rewatched Little Miss Sunshine. That movie's a 10 out of 10. That's snubbed from the list. I feel like indie indie productions don't make their way onto here. I'm le- at least Amelie did, but that's a foreign film, so maybe it had more critical acclaim than I'm aware of. Yeah, and Parasite, true, uh, Parasite and um, Spider-Verse, Little Miss Sunshine... Truly hard to think of a fault with those, unless you are just really, really narrowing in on yeah. nitpick stuff. Which, yeah. yeah. Oh. Which doesn't feel fair to knock off a whole number from, but the two points off of this thing are just things didn't age well, and also, it's like a, it's oppressive. There's so little room. I I feel like even in a tense thriller, you can have. Some comedic relief. Like, when you watch Seven, there's comedic relief in Seven. Like, in the relationship between Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. We gave that an eight, too, didn't we? If I recall, there's, like, there's comedy between those two, and they bounce off each other really well. But yeah. this movie, I can't think of jokes. I'm I'm also wondering if it could be a language barrier thing. Like, we don't know Korean. Maybe we don't understand some nuance in the language. That's fair. Because... What really sucks about absorbing these movies through a sheet of ignorance is not getting everything the director intended. Yeah. I'm going to learn Korean to watch this movie. Oh my god, I wonder how much how much Parasite would be better if we knew Korean. 
Probably Would it much. be an 11 out of 10? Yeah. Is that possible? Beyond perfect. Such a good movie. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. 8 if out of listened. 10. I could flick. <laughs> <laughs>